Welcome, everyone, to Lessons with Mike. Uh, it's the November Mike and Jesse movie recap. How crazy is that? Uh, we're already over halfway through December, and we're just now getting to November. There's been a bit of a delay, so apologies for the delay, but we're getting in it full swing. Uh, so, yeah, we have a few films to discuss. We have three films that we're going to be discussing, and Jesse's going to start off with the first film of the month he saw. Hi, I'm Jesse. Anyway, the first movie that I saw this month was called Justice League War World. So basically what Justice League War World War World is, is basically War, War World. Yes, that's it. There we go. Words it is. Tough. Yeah, I know. I did have some speech therapy classes when I was younger. Anyway, so. The movie is the next installment in the DC animated movie line called The Tomorrowverse, which, by the way, started with Superman, Man of Tomorrow. Yeah, we've been discussing this for some time. Uh, we've been trying to keep up with the new releases, but I haven't seen this one quite yet. Uh, yeah. I was a little disappointed from the, the Im- preview images I saw. I was under the impression it would be about Mongol, or uh, but I don't believe he plays a very big part in the movie, does he? You want spoilers or no? Uh, no, no spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. All right, I'll try to be as non-spoilish as I can. Well, I know there's three different plot lines, uh, and there's one where Batman is in the Wild West, uh, something of that nature. They get teleported to like different different uh, scenarios. Yeah, some. I'll let you watch it, and then we, and then you can come back and talk about it. Well, just tell me, did you think it was good? Is it worth people's time? If you're invested in the Tomorrow Verse, then yes, but. Don't expect it to be as good as, like, Man of Tomorrow. I, I place it somewhere around Green Lantern for Where My Power. Oh, I hated that one. I mean, there's just a critique of mine. It could have done a lot better with what it had. And I feel like a lot of stuff could have been cut out. Mm. Fascinating. Well, let's just scrape that one aside, unless you have any other thoughts, and we'll move on. I mean, still definitely watch it if you're invested in the Tomorrowverse, because you wanted a one-slide spoiler? Not really, no. Oh. I haven't well, seen it yet. Oh, okay. I like watching well, these DC animated movies whenever I get time. The issue is I haven't had time lately. I mean, this month has been busy for both of us. I've only been able—I was uh, November— I have two films on my list. You have two films on your list, and there is one overlap. So it's been tough to find time to do anything. But I do want to announce to the people that are listening, the Mike and Jesse monthly movie recap will have another edition in January with the December recap. Also, at the end of the year, we will be going over our personal top 10 films of 2023. Stay tuned for that uh, probably before the December recap. Uh, we're looking in late December or early January, we'll release the 2023 top 10. And then maybe a week or so later, we'll release the December 2023 recap. But yeah, looking forward to that. I'm really enjoying these. I love discussing uh, media and all sorts of things. Uh, as far as Tomorrowverse goes, I know upcoming they have a, a three-part movie series, uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which seems like a big conclusion but the tomorrow verse i feel like it just started how long has it been going on for now 2020 late 2020 yeah i feel like it just started hard to believe it's been going on over almost three years i mean who's to say it's gonna end after the three-part movie it could just go back to the universe i feel like it's just gonna end i love the art style though i wish the art style was very great i wish more movies were like that art style my favorite has to be the long Halloween. I love that one. That one was beautiful. 
Jensen Ackles as Batman is probably one of the best voice castings. And I really do like the idea of splitting stories into multiple segments so that way you can tell a longer story. Uh, a lot of these DC animated movies, they feel really cramped trying to fit as much as possible into a very short story. Uh, but, you know, I think it works. I think it works. Uh, it, it's better to do that than it is to cut away from really good points in the material. But moving on from the DC tomorrow verse the overlap is what we're going to talk about now the film that we both saw for the first time this month spider-man across the spider-verse yeah it was a little long i think we had meant to see it in theaters but we never got to it i never got around to it i do remember i was on a cruise uh, a few months ago and it was playing on the top of the cruise deck but i I don't really see the value in watching a movie while you're on the cruise instead of that i was losing money at the casino so maybe that's my own uh my own flaws for thinking that but we did finally see it so jesse what are your thoughts I thought it was just as good in some aspects better than Into the Spider-Verse. And I definitely love the improvised character traits and just the character backstory of Miguel O'Hara's Spider-Man. See, I'm going to have to agree, but also disagree. I think the animation was very, very top-notch, very interesting. I love the animation. I love the different styles they used. I loved all the different Spider-Men. Uh, I do not like that they made Miguel such a jerk like i didn't like that like i, I mean know. it makes sense why he's a jerk in the movie i still don't like it like he was so mean and it's unnecessary you're creating conflict when in real reality there should not be this conflict uh so many problems could be solved if people just talk to each other in these films i know you're supposed to you know suspend your disbelief because it's a movie but as i get older uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking more and more simple solutions to these issues. Uh, also, the whole point of Spider-Man is that he saves people. I remember playing Spider-Man on the PS4. I would go around. I'd be on my way to missions. It's the only game that I ever stopped doing something to go help random uh, background characters because that's what Spider-Man does. He helps people. He saves people. The idea that so-called canon events, things have to happen that's absurd to me if spider-man could save uncle ben he absolutely would uh you don't have to have him uncle ben or the uncle ben character archetype die in every single spider-man version of reality just because it was true for your one reality does not mean it will be true for someone else's reality so we'll see the uh, conclusion of that in beyond the spider-verse but there are some things in canon that always happen I disagree with that. I don't think you can say certain events always happen in every scenario. What would happen if things were different? I mean, yeah, Uncle Ben dies, so Spider-Man learns a lesson, but there's other ways he can learn that lesson, or there's realities where he doesn't learn that lesson. Uh, For example, the Prowler character died in Into the Spider-Verse, but as you see, spoiler alert, for the end of Across the Spider-Verse, the Prowler character is alive in a different reality. But it's not the same Prowler. I know it's not the same Prowler, but still, this whole concept that things have to happen, I I, I have always pushed against that concept of of unavoidability. Uh, Why do things have to happen? I think think there's a lot more choice. Um, I think there's a lot more options. Uh, I will agree with you that the animation was very well. Uh, I've heard some some mixed things about the working conditions for the animators. I hope that gets resolved and everyone gets uh, better conditions and you know, more, more suitable conditions, and there's not as much hard of a deadline. Uh, the release date for the sequel was pushed back, so hopefully that will give the animators some more time 
to not have to crazily rush through the animation because they did it was phenomenal very different i love the opening sequence i love gwen but uh jesse do you have anything you want to share um i will say that the movie gets the extra bonus points for including the best version of spider-man in recent media in the movie as well uh surely you're talking about the small appearance from the spectacular spider-man version of the character close but not that one what are you speaking of? I'm, I'm speaking about the Insomniac, Insomniac Spider-Man. No, no, you must be speaking about the T-Rex Spider-Man. That too, because of dinosaurs, but the Insomniac Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, that, that reminds me of another thing. I, I usually like the idea of multiverses and whatnot. I have always hated the idea of like multiverse, multiversal councils, like like in Marvel Comics, the Council of Reed Richards, the or in Rick and Morty, the Council of Ricks. That's just silly. Like I, I think that whole concept is silly. Uh, it's almost like a parody of the multiverse concept because it's just so bizarre. I mean, yeah, you would. It just something about it just doesn't sit right with me. I all mean, this, all I this mean, interaction between different multiverses, I think, should have negative consequences. You shouldn't be able to go three dimensions over and be friends with yourself in that dimension because that's going to alter the course of their reality. It's going to alter your timeline. I just, I don't know. Or uh, think of it this way, Mike. Each reality is just a branch of the main reality. You can't change the main reality, but each time you go back in time or another timeline, it's a branch of the main reality. So while the main reality is by itself, nothing happens, each time you change something, you go into another timeline. Yeah, that's very similar to Dragon Ball Z. I, I know that very well. Oh, I did, that was a Dragon Ball thing. You've never seen Dragon Ball Z, and you really need to. because I've, it's, seen, uh, I've seen it when I was younger, but I don't remember a whole lot. Uh, it's the most uh, clear explanation of time travel I've, able, I've ever been able to wrap my head around, and multiverse theory as well. But, excuse me, overall, solid. Uh, I did not like it as much as the first one. I felt that there was less of a focus, whereas in the first one, there was more of a focus. I thought the first one was more emotional. Uh, the second one, I feel like, was a little more disjointed. Overall, still solid. Uh, very great animation, great voice acting, uh, great sound design, and a lot of really cool subtle Easter eggs uh, that you really have to pay attention for. Uh, but yeah, hoping to see eventually the uh, finale come out at some point. I think it's a 2025 release date, maybe. Yeah, not too far. Yeah. A lot of uh, some other good movies are coming out in 2025, like Superman Legacy. What'd you say? You said I, some other good uh, movies and I lost you. Yeah, another good movie that's coming out in 2025 with the superhero genre is Superman Legacy. I'm not sure. Remember, we talked about this in a previous episode. I'm still skeptical. I mean, I'm skeptical too, but. From what we've seen so far with what James Gunn has done with superheroes, it would be not bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. The more that I hear, the more skeptical I become. Uh, casting choices seem fine, but it seems seems like there's a lot going on. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But speaking of waiting and seeing, this leads perfectly into the third movie I saw and the final one we're going to be discussing in this episode. Uh, David Fincher's 2023 film, The Killer. The Killer. Have you seen it? I have not, but I've heard of it. So, not going to get into heavy spoilers, but I really love the philosophy and the deeper meaning behind this movie. The movie is about a professional trained assassin, uh, Michael Fassbender's character in the film, who never is named. He's just he's just the killer because he you know he's nameless. He's assassin. He starts off giving this monologue about how great he is 
uh, about how boring life is, about how the most exciting jobs are often the most boring. Most of life is just waiting around for the, the few interesting moments. And it brings in several tropes here. Uh, the trope of the unreliable narrator, which was seen more explicitly in the film Life Itself. Only here, it's more implicitly, as the killer keeps narrating and monologuing his internal monologue, but he keeps making these mistakes. So it's very interesting, very interesting dichotomy there because he's talking about he's never made a mistake and he makes a mistake. And this, he talks about how it's not personal, but it's clearly personal. Those are just a few examples. And another big point in the film is uh, the concept of the many versus the few. This isn't really a, a, a movie spoiler, but it's more of a philosophy discussion spoiler about the meaning behind certain events in the movie. He says, you're either one of the many or you're one of the few. And but by the end, that that's whole dichotomy is reversed because instead of the, you go the whole film thinking he is one of the few, but at the end, he's like, no, I'm just one of the many. And you have to watch to understand it, but it's a very thought-provoking film. Not a whole lot of action compared to other present day uh films similar to this like i believe the first 30 minutes or so are him monologuing uh nothing's happening it's one of my favorite quotes ever is from this movie it's amazing how how excruciatingly difficult it is to do nothing uh that's a paraphrase of the quote i don't remember the actual quote but it was something similar to that it's like how difficult how boring it can be to do nothing how mind-numbing it can be to do nothing the human soul craves purpose craves meaning but unfortunately the doldrums of life the minutiae the mundanity of life the banality of it all is just so unbelievably boring and then when you do get that few brief moments of something exciting happen it, the argument is that those few moments of excitement make up for the boringness of the rest of it but does it is it worth it because i don't know what do you think about all that jesse well, it just seems interesting from what you've described so far about how life can get mundane and repetitive in a lot of our instances in life. And sometimes it gets boring doing the same thing over and over again. And in order to break that, you got to branch out and do new things. Yeah, he was talking about how uh, he missed uh, he missed his last drowning. It's been so long since I've drowned someone. But this, the plot of the film very basically is he makes a mistake. He's never made a mistake before. He makes a mistake, and then he spends the whole movie tracking down some people because he goes back to his hideout, and some people were sent there to kill him, but he obviously wasn't there. So he spends the majority of the film tracking them down and killing them. What had happened was the person that contracted him originally to perform the hit uh, was also contacted and paid to have him taken care of since he screwed up the hit. Mm -hmm. So he goes through this whole thing, he finally gets to the end. He finally faces the person who, you know, hired him to be killed. And it's very, you would think it's anticlimactic because one of his, this is another example of a mistake he makes in his motto. One of his mottos is show no mercy. And throughout the whole film, no one gets any mercy. The random passerbys he happens to interact with, the innocent bystanders who just happen to be there, there's no mercy for anyone. But I really, if you, I really do encourage you, if you're listening, to watch the film and notice these things, because I'm probably going to have to rewatch it again because there's so much that goes into it. He's monologuing the whole time. It's an internal monologue. But if you pay attention, you'll see so many things. He'll say one thing in his monologue, but what happens is 
and antithetical to what he's saying is happening. So it's the unreliable narrator, and it gives you a perception of the character. Do you believe what you see, or do you believe what the character is telling you? And it's a very interesting experience if you choose to believe what the character is telling you versus if you just take the events as they come. If you just watch the film but remove the entire internal monologue, you would have a completely different understanding of this character. It's such a brilliant film. I really, really enjoyed it. And I've been rambling on about it for quite some time, uh, but I really think you should all watch it. Uh, it's a very, it's a thinker. It's a thinker. So you uh, actually sit down, focus, think, experience, enjoy, and consume. Don't just, you know, have it on in the background while you're eating popcorn or doing the dishes. Just actually think, think about it. It's one of those movies where you don't, it sounds like you don't turn your brain off. You got to watch it with your brain as well so better understand everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all I got. I went on for a good bit about that, but I really enjoyed it, so I don't care. And this is my program, so I can talk about whatever I want for however long. That's the best part of this thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jesse, any final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts is that this killer, the killer film sounds very interesting, too. And it's also very cool that each movie we talked about this episode all came out this year. That's true. I think this is the first time where all the movies we've seen in a, in a given month have came out in the given year. Usually uh, we'll see older movies or movies that have released a few years ago. But for the month of November, all the films we saw were 2023 brand new releases. And I'm going to tell you, just, just looking at my list of films so far for 2023, uh, I think it's a pretty clear how I'm going to rank them. What, what, how many films have you seen for the year 2023? Uh, hold on, I gotta pull it up. Me and my, me and Mike have a little handy dandy. Well, we have our own versions of the Google Sheet, but we have a handy dandy Google Sheet of every film we've seen, like the numbers, and we also have our own rankings too for some of them too. Yeah. But anyway, as it stands, my 2023 total is 13. See, I'm skeptical of that because I have you down as 10. Go pull up my letterbox. Go pull what do you have my total for 2023 as? 14. That's not possible. I'm only at 10. That is possible. I'm going to pull up your letterbox right now and tell you how many films you've seen in 2023. Oh, I got 14. Yeah, you're right. Duh. I'm looking at this list right now. Oh, it's actually a lot, little bit closer than I thought. Yeah, my list, I think my list is pretty much set for my top 10. It's going to be a close one. Stay tuned for what my top, for what our top 10 movies are going to be. Uh, it's a close one. There's two of them that are neck and neck for the number one spot right now. Very interesting. Uh, some of these, to be quite frank, most of these movies are absolute garbage. Uh, yeah, but fun garbage. Actually, I'm looking at it. The only one in here that I really regret seeing is The Flash. I, I just feel like I, I lost a large portion of my life. Uh, I don't recommend anyone see The Flash. I recommend if you have seen The Flash to to do whatever you can to make peace with your poor decision. Like, I, I've tried to. I've not been able to yet. But if you're able to, find a way to make peace with yourself. I, I encourage you to do so. And please share with others how you have made peace with yourself so we can we can recover and remove the whole experience from our collective consciousness would be ideal. <laughs> now i will say just not gonna tell you what it is but my top five are some of them are more neck and neck but the top one just elevates above the rest you'll see what it is when we talk about it all right everyone well i hope that gave you something to look forward to 
be excited, be prepared, be ready. All right. Thank you everyone for yep. listening. Thanks, Jesse. Bye, and, everyone. And be sure to stay tuned for our December one. I already have one for December. Do you have any for Mike? Uh, I have not seen any movies for the month of December as of this recording. You got to catch up. I will be doing my Christmas tradition of rewatching Annabelle's Wish, the best Christmas movie ever made. Uh, I will be rewatching that as I do every Christmas. But other than that, I have no plans. Uh, I probably will drag myself to see Aquaman, though. I will drag myself along there with you so we can at least have something to talk about. Because everyone says Aquaman will be bad. Uh, I haven't seen a superhero film in theaters since The Flash. Or actually, yeah, since The Flash. Uh, it, it ruined the whole concept for me. Like Could I'm just, Bar- just huh? what? Could you call Barbie a superhero movie? Uh, well, it depends. It depends on. How- I meant like comic book superhero movies. True. I'm, I'm looking at my diary on Letterbox. Uh, it looks like the Flash is. Well, no, I saw the Doom that came to Gotham after that, but I didn't like it. And I saw Spider Verse after that, but but yeah, the Flash might have just ruined movies for me in general for a good bit. But uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Thanks, y'all. We'll see you. Bye-bye.